Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds. It's Monday, and the Chiefs got a win in New England. Let's talk about it, sir. What'd you like? Methodical. That's what they had to do to win the game. There was nothing spectacular about it. What we talked about on Ned Talk yesterday, Mike, is that the Chiefs have have to abandon their big play offense because they do not have the individuals to make the big play. Mahomes does, but he doesn't have the receivers to do it. Therefore, dink and dunk and work your way downfield and get the yardage and get in position and score. And that's exactly what they did. They did everything they had to do to win. Mahomes had, what, 305 yards in passing, two DDs, two picks, which were not necessarily his fault. And the defense, the defense was spectacular, as you knew it would be, because the Patriots' offense is just abysmal. Only 180 yards passing and only 52 yards rushing for New England. That's all they had. Now, Kansas City wasn't much better on the ground, only 43, but the Patriots also allowed the Chiefs to manifest their offense in such a way as to make it very worthwhile. The registry, look at the first downs. The Patriots only had 10. 10 first downs for the whole game. Kansas City had 19. That's how much they dominated and kept the ball on offense. And again, not doing anything in spectacular, eye-opening fashion. They didn't need to. They knew they could win. We pointed this out earlier when (laughs) Coach Andy Reid said, uh, Isaiah Pacheco is not going to play today, but we expect him back in full uh, full gear and all that on Wednesday when they go back on the practice field again. Oh, wait, a minute, wait a minute, he can't play on Sunday and yet he's going to be fully available on Wednesday. That tells me they held him out on purpose mm-hmm. because they knew they could win without him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did very well. He, uh, he and uh, McKinnon both scored touchdowns. Rice, Rashi Rice, um, had 91 yards in passing, also had a touchdown. It was exactly what they had to do to win, and they did get the win 27-17. I thought Patriots played as well as they could. They're just not very good. Uh, that Zappy kid, he's not hes not bad. Which one's this? The Zappy, the quarterback oh, Zappy? for, for he's pa- a Patriots. Western Kentucky Man, kid, not bad. And uh, he can play. Uh, is he a spectacular quarterback? Well, he, as, as you pointed out there, he might be, but he has to have, like all QBs, an offensive line. He had none. The Chiefs were after him all day long. They knew they could flush him out of the pocket because he had no protection. But Zappi can play. This is his, I believe, third year in the NFL now, at all as a backup. But now with the Patriots, he's playing regularly, and hey, that'll do him nothing but good. He'll be, he'll be a good player. Who he plays for next year remains to be seen. Maybe the Patriots, but also maybe a new coach. Yeah, well, he's doing pretty good. I mean, he he looked a lot better than Mac Jones has looked. Uh, Jones, Jones, again, he was the victim of no no protection, no offensive line. Unfair, really. And Jones had a chance, or a tendency, I should say, to be happy, happy feet and running around unnecessarily back there. Zappy shows a lot of presence as a QB, and he has he has a very viable future. I really do think he, like I said, he, he's making use of, that's the difference between, yes, Mac Jones is a good quarterback, but he doesn't really make opportunities of what he has, and Zappi looked like he was trying his best with what he had, and he did pretty good doing that. 
Props to Jarek McKinnon, receiving touchdown and passing touchdown. You don't see that too often. And Clyde Edwards Alaire jumping 20 feet up in the air to catch that thing when he's five foot nine. He has, so. uh, Edwards Alaire has a lot of athletic ability about him. He just isn't quite the runner that Isaiah Pacheco is. And here, <laughs> McKinnon, McKinnon's 31 years old. Yep. And he's getting out there and doing this and taking a pretty good beating when he plays. But he's been able to maintain his physical stature. And, and that in and of itself is, is pretty doggone good. And more power to him. Last but not least, I thought uh, having Drew Tranquil back and Nick Bolton in there definitely solidified the uh, midfield for the D. It's like a night and day difference for those guys. And you can allow the corners and the safeties to do what they got to do. They don't have to fill in the gaps. And that's it was football, good football at every level. Well, and they're going to see the Chiefs will see the same thing next week where they play the Raiders on Christmas Day. And that is because the Raiders pretty much have the same offensive problems that New England does. Maybe not to that extent, but... Las Vegas will come in and give the Chiefs a, a fair battle, but Kansas City will emerge because they do have the overall better team, and there's the difference. Fingers crossed. I will definitely be there for that game. It's a Christmas tradition for me, if you will. <laughs> and uh, also, I'm looking ahead at the uh, the weather, and it's not looking too bad at all. Uh, honestly, I think I looked last week, and it was like average. It was like 50 on Monday for Christmas Day, which obviously is unseasonably warm 58 and cloudy almost 60 degrees christmas day in kansas city i will take that all day sir only thing it brings back memories to me it won't to you because you weren't here but it does to me christmas day of 1972 when the chief played the miami dolphins longest game ever same thing cloudy and temperature about 60 degrees weird that is weird now i will (laughs) say this the next day though Rain turning to snow in 42, so let's hope that front pushes off instead of Keep it up in Kansas City. Yeah, don't need it down here. yeah Ned doesn't want that. So our area college basketball teams were hard at work this weekend. Tell me that it was uh, for good, not for bad. 50-50. Uh, Missouri State's men played down in Tulsa on Saturday afternoon. We'll start with the ladies because they played here in Springfield an hour before the men played. Ladies played Wichita State. Got a pretty good battle from an old conference rival, but the Lady Bears were able to win 72-65, to and that sets the stage for their next game, which is Wednesday, and it is an afternoon game here in town. They'll play at the Great Southern Bank Arena, and they are hosting Brigham Young. That's Wednesday for the Lady Bears. Now, the Bears went down to play Tulsa. Mike, this is a literal situation. Missouri State had the lead from tip-off to 30 seconds left in the game. This is really hard to take. Bears had big lead. Bears should have won. In all honesty, and this is not Ned Reynolds the Homer speaking, but the Bears are the better team than Tulsa. Had it won, had a big lead uh, late in the ballgame, as much as eight points, and couldn't hold on. They could not finish the game, and down the stretch, one of the Bears scored a basket, a three-point play attempt, and missed the foul shot. Tulsa got the ball, rocketed it down court, got a kid free on the wing. He drove into the lane and threw up the wildest shot I've ever seen that went in. It should not have. It was a prayer from the word go, and he was fouled, made the three-point play. Difference in the game, Tulsa 73, Bears 72. That's a tough one to take, but the Bears have some solace. Of course, there's no replacing a loss but some solace in the fact that they were the better team and should have won. Then yesterday afternoon up in Columbia, Missouri played Seton Hall out of the Big East Conference, and Seton Hall dominated that ball game. 
won it by 93-87. Missouri put on a full-court pressure press late in the ballgame to get back into it and forced Seton Hall into some problems. That doesn't work for a whole game. It can't possibly physically work for a whole game. And Seton Hall held on. The Seton Hall Pirates out of East Orange, New Jersey, get the win over Mizzou. 93, uh, 93-87 was the final score. You think it's a discipline thing in regards to the uh, Missouri State men's basketball team? Let it go like that? Um, in that way? Not being able to finish in a game and, and having Tulsa score the final seven points of the game. I, I don't know. I don't know whether it's something to be blamed or just one of the anomalies of basketball. But in fact, if, if it is when you can't finish a game, you're lacking something. Mm-hmm. Now, what it is, I don't know. But there is some discipline level in your game that uh, has prevented you from winning. Yep. Well, hopefully in two weeks you win some big money if you put some chocolate chips down on that cotton bowl. What are the odds going into that thing? Missouri is favored by two and a half. Two and a half points. Now you're saying, what? Missouri is favored over Ohio State? Now keep in mind now, Ohio State's quarterback, Kyle McCord, has uh, elected to go into the transfer portal and has already announced where he's going. He's going to play for Syracuse uh, next year because Syracuse needs a starting quarterback. And this kid, McCord, was not solid in his position, even though he had was coming back for a year, was not solid in his position with the Buckeyes. Coach Ryan Day had said, no, there's going to be a battle for uh, that starting quarterback position. He said, I don't want to be in a battle. I will transfer to another school. So, in fact, uh, Ohio State will have the redshirt freshman Brown kid as their uh, quarterback against Mizzou, and that may be a big difference. Mizzou's not a bad ball club. Are they in the same boat with Ohio State? Well, you know, Ohio State gets the lion's share of the publicity, but I think Mizzou has a chance. Two-and-a-half-point favorite for Missouri in that game, and that is the Friday after Christmas. Last but not least, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar taking a little bit of a fall. Going to have to have some surgery. He is 76 years old, and that's uh, especially for a guy like him, his size. Hips probably definitely hurting him. Well, you have to think so. Abdul-Jabbar was attending a concert over the weekend out in Los Angeles and tripped and fell somewhere along the line and broke his hip. Now, he has had the surgery, had that yesterday, and everything, I'm sure, was pinned back into place. But Kareem is a large individual. He's seven foot three, and uh, I think at age 76, beginning to become a little bit brittle. He already is chronically ill with a, a blood disease, so that doesn't help matters any, but... Hey, to see him go down like that, come on, he's taken beatings all his life. He'll recover quickly. He's a natural athlete and a guy who has that athletic frame of mind. So we wish him the very best. But that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, hospitalized with a broken hip. Got to be careful and watch where you're going, especially at your age. Ned, you have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow.